0: Okay, so we have started officially because uh my name's Anne Blake and uh, I'm here in conversation. I'm actually like I'm the host of this. Well, I'm anyway, I'm in conversation with Stephen Kinsler. That's you. It is me. Uh and I we just needed to start rolling quickly, because Stephen, you you have a way of storytelling that is very uh, how is it? It draws you in.
1: I, I believe the technical term is shy talking.
0: Uh, yeah, let's yeah, go with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's good shy talking. It's good. It's good. I,
1: I like it. I yeah. Like it. It and, for me.
0: And so like, I, we just needed to start because you were telling all these brilliant stories and I had to kind of just get the ball rolling. Cool. Basically, uh, we're going to be talking about post-onomics, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the idea is that um, we'll start off just talking about something mm-hmm. and then because I am afflicted with the with a deep and abiding love of economics Right. Which is I come from a good family. I was raised in a, an appropriate way but all somewhere along the line I just developed something about myself that just wasn't right. Okay. And I find myself thinking about economics all the time okay. in really really strange ways and it's worked out really well in the sense that I it's it's it, it, it's not just like how I make my living. Like I'm a professor at the University of Limerick. I, I, I write for the currency.news and I do other stuff. Um, but one of the things that I I just do all the time is I I, I look at a situation. I ask why Why is that like that? Mm. And and what are the what are the rules around it? I give you a really simple example. Right? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Imagine i am I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for examples of norms. Right So a norm is an unwritten code of behaviour Right And all you need to do to see a norm Is ask what happens if it's not followed Or if somebody intentionally transgresses the norm I'll give you Mm -hmm. a really simple example So like Imagine you're at the top of a bus Okay yeah And you're the only person on the top of the bus Mm -hmm. And uh, you're sitting down And you've got the Walkman on or whatever right Walkman, because it's the 1980s. <laughs> I know. you just <laughs> aged yourself. You're there, there with your zoom. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so
0: you got your beat. <laughs> what was it? The get, ghetto blaster. You got a ghetto blaster. blaster. You know,
1: got to, you got the beats are coming hard into your ears. Anyway, <laughs> and you're in your, you're on the bus. Anyway, and um, it's just you on the top of the bus. Somebody gets on and they walk straight down and sit right beside you. Ooh. Like what's going through your head at this moment <laughs> you're like how can i dial 999 as quickly as possible because so you don't have
0: a phone cuz exactly, it's, it's
1: 1980s <laughs> and you're like oh my god what am i going to do yeah yeah i'm going to mail something <laughs> exactly. you get some smoke signals coming off the ghetto blaster yeah um, hit the bloke with the ghetto blaster yeah, yeah. But, but but so that norm mm. you get on a bus yeah you you implicitly assume that you are you need to Compute the distance between you and that person and maximize the distance. Yeah. And then the next person gets on and they compute the maximum distance between the two of you. And so on and so forth until eventually you have that horrible person with the bag on the side. Yes. Of the bus. And you look at them and you go, just take the bag off. We have to do this together. Yes. And they look at you and they go, oh. And then you just ignore each other on the bus for a
0: while. Yeah.
1: So what's really interesting about that norm is. That norm is like generalized personal space. Sure. So you got my, 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 my uh, and and my personal space is is something that is, it's it's completely conditioned on the culture that you live in. Mm-hmm. So if you go to India or China their notion of personal space is actually a little bit smaller in my my uh, experience. Because there's S- way
0: more of them probably. I don't
1: know we just get bashed off you get like yeah. like like either that or they just don't look like the look of me and they're like let's just get that guy. You I know. feel
0: like that in Dublin. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like there's just way more yeah. room up there. Yeah. Less roo- less <laughs> there's room. less room <laughs> there's just less
1: room and more dubs. And things. more dubs there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Are you a dub? I am. I'm, I, I, I grew up in Dublin. Thought
0: um, I got a bang yeah, a dub yeah, off you yeah, there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's now bang a Dublin. Yeah. alright
0: I'm married to a dub and my parents are Dub, so oh, well. what am I? Where did you grow up? <laughs> Limerick.
1: Limerick, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, your parents moved down here?
0: Yeah, my dad got a job in a university or in college, third level.
1: In a third level college that begins with U and ends in L?
0: Well, no, you see, I'm, I am older than you think. I know U L's going, what? 25 30 years
1: 42 years
0: okay yeah well, 42 years gee well, technically it existed i uh, know he was in mary i which got subsumed into ul but Sorry. um around that time well I'm, I'm 41 as of last monday thanks for the birthday card fist one for 41 year olds so. <laughs> and uh he got a job here and i'm mo- the youngest of five he moved the whole family down wow and he was back he you'll hate him he was of the golden age of academics where you know, he went to work. He, we lived near the college. He'd hop the wall, go home for lunch, come back. And we went on holidays in the summer because academics were not expected to do the thing. And he didn't even have a doctorate. Do you know? I can see your jaw clenching. <laughs> it was the golden age. It's the <laughs> like,
1: like, I just want to get, I want to invent a time travel machine and go back. That's amazing.
0: Do you know? But I. it was, I think, obviously way better. Funny, economically, um, because colleges and that are so economically driven now rather than places of education you yeah. know as in what i loved seeing with my dad was he had real relationships with the students because he mm. was there so long sure. and and obviously i know you're you you're fixed where you are but so many lectures are two three-year contracts because sure, yeah. if they give them any more time they will have jobs yes. and that's not good for the the bottom line whereas you think it's in the best interest of a student to have an educator for four years or all the way through.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, you see, I know economic stuff too, kind of, when in a way. When your
1: dad was um, going through college and when your dad was like working in one, Mary is an amazing place. Really, mm. really amazing because it's, uh, it has its own culture. Mm. And um even within it it has subcultures within it. It's it's a fantastic place yeah. uh to to learn um to learn about. And I actually I know I know a small bit about it just because again I've been here for thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but but uh and my, my wife does some work there, but but what's what's really interesting about that is when you moved down here, what year was it?
0: It was nineteen I I was born seventy eight. I think they moved in seventy seven.
1: Okay, wow, so when, when you came here, um, less than about 6% of all the people who did the leaving cert went to college.
0: Oh my God. And
1: now it's like closer to 60%. Oh
0: my know? God.
1: So we've lived through this, so through, through our lives because we're the same age. Same age. Yeah. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. It w- kind of makes us a little bit more special. When, yeah, 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 yeah. Am <laughs> I talking about my generation? When, um. Boom, boom. Yeah. When, uh. Uh, when you did that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, we went from an an era of us basically having you know uh, a third level education existing pretty much to replicate the professional classes so doctors lawyers accountants and maybe not even accountants accountants were actually in the 70s and 80s accountants were were, uh, they were professionals but they went through a um through an in an um, in-firm training program. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really even go to college, you know. So really it was for the professions and uh, for the upper classes because it wasn't free, right? right? Now you could get a grant and there were scholarships and stuff and they were pretty considerable, but very few people actually went to college. One of the reasons was there weren't that many jobs that required a college degree. College degree, yeah. Right, yeah. and now there are basically all of them. Yes. Right. So we we li- we've lived through an era of massification of education. Mm-hmm. So when I first came to UL in 2006, great timing, Steve. Uh, we had um, I was teaching a class and it had 200 students in it. Teaching the same class 13 years later, it's got 600 students in it. Oh. Wow. I had four teaching assistants in 2006. I have zero teaching assistants in 2019. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Wow. So, now, I I am obviously fantastic. Well, but, mean, that is evident. But, um, as fantastic as I am, I can't, like, I can't give these guys the experience okay. that, that your dad gave to his students.
0: Oh, I mean, there was... You know? I think because my sister did teaching so she actually went there whatever twenty years later and um there was 300 in the college what 30 of them were men <laughs> 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 as <in> students <laughs> students. <laughs> so if you ever think of primary school teachers have yeah. a glint uh, fellas of a glint in the rides right, cuz they think they're the bees knees cuz yeah. they were worshipped, cuz they were they were very High in demand one
1: of, one of the first things we teach Is supply and demand You know <laughs> If the quantity is low The price is high Telling You know you <gasps> the, Happy days the
0: boys could do not Oh run. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus He's
1: great He wears pants and everything Oh God You know Yeah
0: but like That alone And I think then Like yeah But I mean 200 to 600 Like That's And then no assistance Yeah That's So the way to think
1: about Higher education is like there's two ways to think about it. First is is that it's an input into the productive process, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically need smart people to fulfill the needs of business and society. It's not just business, right? So we you, like we actually need to pump out people via our MBAs who are amazing at NGOs, right? They're just they just know how to run charities well. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like it's not just that you know you that you go off and you make Dell or whatever more money, mm-hmm. um, but it, what is interesting is that we. If you view the role of a university as essentially serving the needs of the business community alone, mm. what you end up doing is training and not education, right? Okay, yeah. And there's a, the, the difference between training and education is, with training, I go, here's how you use Microsoft Word, and you go, poop boop, boop, and you've learned it. Mm-hmm. And then you might need more training later on. With education, I, te- I, I turn around to you and I say, this is why you need Microsoft Word have a lash at microsoft word Mm. let's talk about how crap microsoft word is Mm. and maybe you could have a lash at making microsoft word better that's the difference between training and education the problem is in order to educate somebody you need to look them in the eyes and go are you understanding this Mm. do you get it or you need some feedback mechanism i actually think the best way to uh, the best way you know What's the best way I know of? And I've been teaching since I was 21. Mm. The best way I know of, 20. Feckin' years. Oh God. Try
0: about to say happy Every, anniversary. Everything is 20 years. Have, have you noticed this?
1: Everything is like, oh, I know him for 20 years.
0: Yeah. Why is everything 20 years And now? even oh. back then, I was pretty well established as yeah. an adult. <laughs> I wasn't in a crash or was almost like, I'm, I met him in a playpen. It's yeah, like, no. I, I, was I,
1: I was not established as an adult at 21. I no, was action, a disaster. Yeah. yeah. I, well, it's, it's you
0: know. the 20th, yeah, 20th anniversary of mm, yeah. your 21st.
1: That's it. So, yeah. So which is a big age. oh god yeah. the, f- the first lecture I ever gave Jesus. So <laughs> we used to have these things called overheads, right? So you'd you'd push a little button and then the, the thing would light up, and we'd write on these foils, you know, and these a- very the a- acetate. acetates. Uh, the acetate. acetate. <laughs> the
0: acetate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they were writing the acetate. So I'd be writing away anyway. And I was giving my first lecture, um, uh I was a master's class. Um, I, sorry, I was a master's student, and they were first years. Hmm. I walked in and um, it was introduction to macroeconomics and uh, I'd learned the whole thing off, you know, like I'd completely learned it off. Um, And I was like, I'm fairly young looking now, but like when I was 21, I looked like a fetus. Do you know what I mean? So I walked in and I was like, hello, I'm Stephen. I'm here to give you your lecture. And they were looking at me like, what? Okay, fine. Rock on, kid. So anyway, I learned it all off, but I had the notes. So I put the head down and I just started writing on this acetate thing. So no bother. And I get to the end of the of the thing and I'm just about to turn over the acetate to get a, to get a new one when I realized that I was so nervous I hadn't put the acetate on right and I'd that. written directly onto the glass.
0: Oh my God. Oh.
1: And it was, I think the worst moment was not when I realized, but when they realized that I'd realized. Yes. Because I was like, Licking my finger, like, like you know, try to try to take it off, and it wasn't coming off, and I was
0: like, oh, <laughs> oh,
1: and they could see me, and it was oh it was
0: mortifying. Grim, yeah. A seminal <clears throat> moment. Talk
1: about losing everyone's respect instantly. Not yeah. that you had it to begin with, but it does show that it's important to start strong. Yeah. Whenever you, whenever you, whatever you're doing, but but particularly when you're teaching, you have to start, strong. But
0: you, yeah. you you might know this about me, but I had a brief stint of teaching economics. <gasps> really? I know. Hilarious. Tell me more. I didn't even do it in secondary school. Okay. I was desperate. I I'll, do you know? I probably should have done it because let's face it, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I had notions. And secondary school that uh, I'm an artist I don't need maths and things And all I do is maths yeah I have to do my own taxes for god's sake it's <laughs> yes. lousy we um but anyway I was I was teaching English at TEFL cert okay. and I was living in uh Wellington in New Zealand not Wellington, <gasps> Lovely. I was living in Wellington but this was in Auckland okay just dropping uh, cities on the other side of the world here um and I'm sorry can you hear that creaky chair it's okay in case you think it's something else, that was the chair. Um, anyway, I Spoiler was... Spoiler
1: alert, it well, wasn't the chair. <laughs> <Shut> up, <laughs> it was Steven. a chair, it was a chair. So...
0: Anyway, so I'm teaching English to these second-level uh, students. Okay. A lot of them tried to get enough English so they can start going to secondary school in New Zealand cool. um, from you know, the South Pacific Asian countries. And they're like, so I need, uh, we have a few more subjects to teach, so... Um, I need you to teach economics and business studies. I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't know what they are. <laughs> it's like, no. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's the, it's the vocabulary. I like you, but you need to teach them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I literally was, I'd say I was a page ahead of them. <laughs> and I, my, my mate who was traveling with me uh, had done economics in school. And I was like, I was 23, 24, every night sweating over this secondary school <laughs> book going. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, higher purchase rental. Like, I, things I understood in theory in my life, but I have to teach them. Yeah. And so yeah, technically I have taught economics in New Zealand. Did you? <laughs> I don't put it on my C V.
1: So. <laughs> did you find that by teaching it you had to learn it really, really well?
0: Well, yeah, I had to be, you know, as I said, half a page ahead of them or yeah. whatever, because they go, teacher, teacher, what about this? That's not me being racist. That was the accent. And I had to have You know, I'd have to know my grammar stuff, but like if they started asking me mathematical questions, I, you know, all that the stress you attach to whatever was in school was it sport, was it being made sing, mine was maths, uh, uh, it would just start to kick in. So I had to be prepared, yeah. Yeah. And I, and also, I was like, why why didn't I learn this in school? This is really (laughs) helpful. I don't know this stuff. Why do I care about? You know, what was his name? The the Franz Joseph fella who got shot and started off the World wars. Uh, history is important, right? But it's really important to know how to rent something properly or yep. how to pay for something. You know, I yep. just, uh, I'm not knocking history. History really, actually, I I'm, I should talk about what? Um, Oxbow Lakes. Why do I know about Oxbow, Ox, Oxbow Lakes? I know. Corrie um, Lakes. Corrie Lakes. I mean, I love that stuff. Yeah. But do I see an Oxbow Lake that often? And if I do, does it help with the balance of my taxes? I know. Or, you know, when I'm doing my supermarket shopping and buying yogurt for four euro, that my missus goes, Why did you spend four euro on yogurt? Things like that.
1: Do you look at prices?
0: Uh, Sometimes.
1: Uh, Can I tell you? so, So, this is probably like, I will lose my. Economist card. We don't have a card, but if we had one, that somebody would come burst through the door like Span through. nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Irish Economic Association. You know, they come in and they take the card that doesn't exist, but I've just made up. Um, so economists are supposed to like be really into prices. Okay. I have no sense of prices. <laughs> I'm completely useless. I really use this. I come home from the shops because I because I work right beside a big shopping center. All the shops. So I, I just go to Lidl and I do the shopping for the family because yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So I'm there and I, I always come back with random crap, you know, like, oh, look, I brought another, sub- I've got a Scheme. screwdriver Scheme. and a sombrero and ski pants. <laughs> this is amazing. I've got, I came home with bird food. I came home with a fucking <laughs> lot of bird food this week. and I was like, I guess it's good that we feed the birds, but okay. And I'm like, but it was on sale. And I'm, and I'm, and she's like, <laughs> my wife looks at me and she sometimes she, she just looks at me and she just goes two PhDs <laughs> like just just like 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 my behavior is <laughs> like my, <laughs> like my behavior essentially invalidates the entire concept of the qualification do you know exactly. what I mean do you know what I'm saying like, and it's, uh, a,
0: it's an added bonus yeah. that your PhDs are in economics like if there's two yeah. PhDs in ancient French literature you'd fair. be like well yeah, come fair. on yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy bird food if I want yeah. yeah, 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 it yeah. Is, I, she right. has extra
1: she's, she's, arsenal
0: in her weaponry there
1: she's far 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 cleverer than I am and she, she will often go like that was that was not clever at all <laughs> that was a dumb thing that thing you did there that was a dumb thing and i'm like yes that was a dumb thing you're right well it's um, a funny thing because yeah.
0: this is um i don't know there's often talk economically around um the arts say yeah. my thing yeah. and how you know especially when there's big monies well you can't give it to the artist you know they'll spend yeah. it all on paint and you know fluffy things and it's like if anyone knows how to balance a budget, it's an artist because you never yeah. have any money. Now, I'm not one of these people, can I stress? I have for that to do these things by default or with with a kind of proverbial gun to my head. Sure. I have managed to do this stuff. But sure. you know how to make a ten or stretch. You Absolutely. know how to keep make sure every penny counts. Yeah um so I always find it funny when it's like don't give the money to the artists. it's like no, they will know how to spend it yeah and, yeah. and there'll be money left over because we're cheap you yeah, know we'll and, uh, go up to deals and get the buy the entire set <laughs> in the toy section <laughs> <laughs> yeah I
1: can remember I had the um so I was giving a talk to the Labour Party up in Galway one, one time when they were in government <clears throat> and Joan Burton was the minister for social protection, and I said, "You do realise that you're the real minister for the arts," and she kind of laughed, and then she went, "Oh, yeah, actually, no, that's probably true, because most artists, uh, you know, the state supports them through this system that, like, it's designed not to support them yeah. that way." And uh, I, I, one of the things we 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 did this thing called the intelligence unit, mm-hmm. um, p- preparing for the city of culture. Um we 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 uh, Limerick was the city of culture as you remember, but then we went for the European city of culture.
0: I know. I that's yeah. we mentioned. Uh, that's it. Yeah That's it. That's it. <laughs> so I remembered folks. We yeah, so, only just remembered. Do we we went and did that? That's right.
1: <laughs> so I'd I'd like completely anyway, so 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 we had to do this research project to basically inform the uh culture bid, which Limerick en- en- ended up not winning. And um uh, I'm still. I'm actually still a little upset about that. I'll if come you back to that. See what's
0: happening up the road. I don't know. Was it a bullet dodge? Anyway, go, go on. But,
1: but 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 um, we we uh, we did this thing where we we started asking ourselves. Okay, look, we spend like 11 billion on social protection. It's not really social protection. What it's really doing is it's investing in. The cultural capital of the state, and it has a positive return. We know this. Why, James feckin' Joyce? Hello, <laughs> hello. They're land of saints and scholars. Like we don't have that many saints left, but we've got load of scholars. Yeah. And you know, most of them, most of most of the, you know, what's the um, so in 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 the uh, in the elegiac poem for W. B. Yeats. Mm-hmm. Auden says, mad Ireland hurt you into poetry. And mm. Now Ireland has her madness still, you know. And it's, it's a great line. Uh, and I love that whole poem, actually. Yeah. You know, uh, That's still the chair creaking. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but anyway, in the, in the thing, the idea is like, you know, okay, so society has been basically oppressing like a, a whole bunch of people. They're really annoyed about things and they express that annoyance through art. And if you think about the resurgence of like Irish... Female writers, actually, in the last two or three years, mm. like or Donald Ryan, who's my colleague now at UL, who's yeah. like, oh, I'm such a fanboy. Like, <laughs> I've met him a couple of times. Like, hello, and I just, <laughs> I, think I, just, I just think he's so amazing, you know. But yeah. but that idea that art art is art is always responsive, you know. Yeah. Gernika, think about that, right? Like like that whole thing about art responding to everything, mm. and then you go like, you go, wow, okay. So we have just been through this giant crisis, right? Which is which is now. 11 years old, Mm. you know, um, and my students in UL, for them, this happened when they were nine. So they remembered as this like vague thing. Their parents told them about it. The next cohort of students who are now like in transition year or whatever, Mm. will have the same emotional resonance to the 2008 crisis that we have to the famine. It'll just be some pink. Mm. That happened in history. And I was writing about it this week or last week. And I was just thinking, I never thought 15 years was history. I thought it had to be 100 years or, yeah. you know, the birth of the state or whatever. But it's not. It's it's literally 15 years. Wow. Which means, a bit like the bus seat thing, mm. there should be a way, if you think about it. You, do you, okay, so uh, wine and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah? You put stuff in barrels You leave it there for a while And it comes out the other end People want to pay money for it Mm -hmm. Classic investment decision Put the money in Leave it for a bit Take it out again
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Memorabilia If you knew that things Were there for 15 years You could hold on to the stuff And it would be memorabilia In 15 years Oh Right So like Just take a thing Uh, So uh, The granny When she visited Limerick Right Right I'm sure there's bits of the granny hanging around. Mm-hmm. 15 years time. Somebody will buy that thing on eBay. Or not even 15. When did she come?
0: Uh, 2014. Yeah, so... okay.
1: So we, we only have to wait 10 more years. And then the granny will be history. She will be part of the mm. the firmament of of, of, of like of our collective memory. She won't actually be a thing that exists anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she'll just be a childhood memory for lots of people. And just a thing that happened. And maybe there's some pictures on some walls. Mm. But there will be a thing. So you can... You, it's interesting that you can take a memory and you can basically construct a market out of that memory. Yeah. So a market is just an exchange between two people. What you want to do is you, you know, you, you have people who quote for things. You have people who bid for things. The mm. market is the connection between them. It's like a synapse firing. Mm. That's the market. The market, like... If you go down to uh, Brown Thomas or something, see all the stuff on the shelves, that's not the market. The market is the moment when the person puts the card over the c- counter and goes, I wish to buy your hilariously overpriced crap.
0: Yeah. Beep. <laughs> but
1: this will, this will do me, this will stand me in good stead come the interview. Beep, beep.
0: It, you know,
1: that's the market. So the market doesn't exist. It, these flashes and it goes away. What you have, everything else is just inventory. It's just all sitting there not doing anything. Absolutely f- fascinating stuff um, I have no idea if this is it's <laughs> answering gold. any of your questions it, no, I just it think is, it's great
0: it, it is gold you know? um, mm. no because there was there was something actually we were trying it's I think my role here is is you know kind of trying to hang on to the gold yeah. and uh, the gold was happening before we uh, before Kian hit record Um. and you were damn you Kian yeah, no, Kian. It, well, yeah Kian yeah why, Kian why didn't you just you know preempt that anyway yeah. Uh, you were talking about being a night porter in um, the Mars Hotel oh yeah and this was fun I yeah, like this story. this is
1: a real weird story so, so it's okay to
0: name drop because he had a lowly job so that's okay
1: oh it was a great job yeah. <laughs> it's actually how I met my wife um, oh so uh, let's trade stories okay I, I want to know how you met your wife
0: how I met my wife I've written a play about it but yeah
1: well then Let's not <laughs> give away the plot. <laughs> but I want I want the I want the the, the summary. Yes, um, okay. I was about, so okay. So this happened in um the year 2000. Uh if you have got a pop song playing in your head now, you're welcome. So uh
0: so this is technically history now because it's more than fifty years. I was years just ago. about to
1: say that. So, oh. like, this is clearly history.
0: Just on this, we're Personal getting history. in
1: sync, Stephen. But what's interesting about this is, this is a moment just before Napster. Napster came out in, I think it was July of two thousand, and this was October. So the bomb had gone off, but the shockwave hadn't hit these people. And this was the. Actual peak Of The recording industry This is their Big celebratory moment The MTV Music Awards Were happening In Dublin It was You know The Celtic Tiger Resurgent All that Famous people everywhere And uh, I was working In a place called The Morrison Hotel um, As a night porter So uh, I was I was studying Excuse me To um, I was studying To be Something I didn't know what uh, At the time uh and um i was really like a professional porter who was doing a part time degree i liked it i that's why by the way i never asked my students for attendance or anything cuz i was never at any of my lectures <laughs> <laughs> i was that guy at the end people were coming up like you know at the, at the at the exam yeah yeah and you come up and they're like who's that fucking guy that was me <laughs> okay. so i cuz i was working all the time i was i was enjoying myself so anyway We're we're at this really weird moment in history, which we didn't know at the time, of course, Mm. which was that this was all over. These were dinosaurs and the meteorite was on route through the atmosphere like.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, we were having a great time, of course, because we were just star spotting all the time. So this strange moment happened when there are stars and there are stars and there are stars.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Do you remember the logarithmic function
0: uh, I don't
1: uh, like the Richter scale.
0: Oh yeah, okay. You
1: know, one, two, three, four, five, but it's yeah. ten times worse the size of the earthquake. If it, from a a force five to a force six, it's ten times worse.
0: Okay, yes, yes. So okay.
1: there's a there's a, a, a logarithmic or a Richter scale mm-hmm. for stars.
0: Oh, so yes. So
1: celebrity goes up in. I'm sure, like the difference between a C less star and a B less star, yeah, 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 is a yeah. tenfold expansion. Yeah, and so. What happened was, there were stars in the Morris Hotel all the time, Mm -hmm. because that's what the place was there to do. Yeah, but there was this logarithmic expansion of stardom in the place, and kind of no one—none of us knew what to do except to be maximally Irish. So people came in like, you know, these sort of people came in and they're like, hello, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm Whitney Houston. People go, how are (laughs) you? Do you know what I mean? And she was like, oh, oh, oh." because of course, because of course we're fulfilling all of her stereotypical assumptions about us. Right. And it was actually kind of awesome. (laughs) And and she was like, so she brought her daughter. And uh, she she sadly passed away. Mm. and she uh, also brought her uh, husband is this, this lad called Bobby Brown.
0: I who, know who he is? Who was a wanker. Yeah, sadly not passed away.
1: Do you know, do you know like like the the number one rule for like all ca- all character assessment should be how do you treat the staff? Yes, right. That's it. Like, you know the way, if if you were, so I've got a daughter, she's eight. Mm. uh, And I've got a, or or my son is 13, my other son's 11. And all of them, I'm like, just see how people are with people who are there to serve them. The minute you have any sniff that there's something wrong, you just back away. Mm. Because it's a a beautiful test. It's a beautiful test because it, it requires no contact. You know, you don't have to wait to see how they're drunk, or give them a pet to play with, and you know, in case they just snap Fido's neck or whatever, right? You like, you just know. So anyway, he came in, Bobby Brown, this lad. He comes into the the hotel. And he's like, "Give me a fucking Guinness," you know. And God. my brother was actually working there, and he pours him a Guinness. And as everybody who's listening to this knows, you do not pour a Guinness in one go. No,
0: nope.
1: you pour two thirds, leave it sit, top it up. Peter pours the 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 thing to the top to the to the. To the two-thirds line, whatever, leaves it. Your man goes to grab it. And Peter just goes and takes it, not in a give that back to me way, but like, no, 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 you're, done. you're not doing this. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, and he grabs it off and goes, fuck you, man, fill him up again, it's fuck you, you know. So Peter's like, well, relax. And this giant man, like, we're, so in the room that we're in now, there's a door and it's a blue door. And this guy was literally wider than the door. He was enormous. Jesus Linebacker dude Shoulders like a fridge Two fridges Strapped to him Massive He comes over and goes What's the problem and we're like uh, Guinness <laughs> It's a tiny little Irish man goes, how are you You know And it's <laughs> Yeah Anyway so He um, Yeah so Eventually that's all sorted out And then So Peter gets off He goes No look He pours it up Gives it to your man It's all on expenses Obviously it's on the record company So your man just takes it and then he just walks over to this bunch of like in music industry Lachico guys who are all mm. laughing at the exchange. And then he just looks at Peter and I was there because I was actually stocking up. Yeah. And he takes the Guinness and he looks and goes, hey man, and he drops the Guinness. Oh. Explodes on the ground. And he goes, clean that shit up. So me and Peter look at each other like, ha- "Like, there's a, good, there's a good second where we go, Well, we just lose the job.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: But we didn't. We went over, cleaned it up. Now, at, as we were doing that, like, there's was glass everywhere. The, and, and uh, oh, the, and the floor is this, it's this gorgeous, dark, 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 black wood. Like, it's, like, if it was your, if it was that wood in your house, you wouldn't let people walk on it. It's that mm, beautiful. Right. Like, that hotel was made so well. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Mm. If you ever get up into it uh, and see it, it's it's wonderful, um, so, like half of me was going the floor, right? And, but but the, so we're cleaning up, and all these Lachico dudes are, who are all Irish—it was an interesting thing. Okay. They knew, like they knew they were all Irish, and they went, and I could see their eyes, and they, and I was looking at them, going, "Lads, this is ye, you know. This is this is you, you know." And again, little did they know that their world was about to just end. Yeah, Napster was coming to take away all the free stuff, all the free Guinnesses, all the expenses all the drug money, everything, all of it was going. Yeah. Um, but it was a good place to record what excess looks like. So yeah. um, we, uh, so I'm like really into comic books. Yeah. And the night manager knew that. And so the, one of the guys asked, one of um, Whitney Houston's bodyguards came down and said, would you go get some comic books for the daughter? And I was like, yeah, cool. Which ones? And the guy was like, no, dude, all of them. Just get them all. And I was like, you want me to get all this week's comics and he's like yeah or two weeks doesn't matter just go to the shop and get so I w- walked over uh, uh, to a shop called Forbidden Planet oh, yes. uh, which was on Dawson Street at the time it's, it's now moved and um, anyway down I rocked and uh, spoke to the lads and they were like you want all the comics I was like I, I, I do <laughs> really who for Whitney Houston's daughter fuck off I was like no no really you could just give me so I walked back with this big thing like you know not gonna lie scanned a few myself and then uh, went in and, and she was just really nice she was like thank you very much and it was cool and off I went and then about two hours later, we got this call. that said uh, uh, Ballygowan were doing this big promotional thing at the time, mm. which was like it was the water of Ireland, or
0: oh yeah,
1: right. It's all this. Water so, is life. Water is life. So yeah, this, yeah. Sh- 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 pff, whatever. But they were the, they used to sell in these big thick bottles. So we got a call that said, uh, "This isn't a joke. Whitney Houston wants to take a bath in Irish sparkling water."
0: You're joking.
1: So I go, "Are you joking?" And they were like, that's why we said it wasn't a joke. I said, okay, cool, fuck it, we'll go. Um, so the lads in the hotel were like, go and fill the bath with sparkling water, Steve. I was like, okay. So the 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 bath in the, in the penthouse of the Morrison, I think is like an eight-person jacuzzi.
0: Oh, wow. Like,
1: it's a, it's, a, it's a unit of a thing. Like, so myself and this other fellow went up there and they're talking about two-liter bottles. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you know? Like, how it's not
1: like a big, you know. How so, many would that take? Um, so we just went up with, like, so each crate had 12 bottles. We had two hand crates. So 48, 96. Liters. Did we do 96 bottles or did we do more?
0: So that 96 bottles or liters?
1: Bottles. So each one would have been a liter, yeah. So 96 liters. Right. So that probably wasn't enough. I'd say we probably got another few crates charged per bottle but it's whitney so yeah so we were there doing this so we got to the point where we were opening these little metal things yeah. so our the, like just that that place in between our, our our thumb and our forefinger was just torn torn yes. by just literally doing this for hours anyway filled it up and as we're doing it we're having the yap to the security guard um whitney's having a lie down and uh i was like oh where are you going next he goes don't know I was like, okay, you know, how did you get this job? It's just a job. How you been? How long have you been doing this? Three years. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, so we did we did that anyway, and she filled up the thing, and uh, then we went off. We thought no more about it because she had to get ready for the for the for the uh, gig. So we went off and did our thing, and um, then we came back, and it, it was so we were off just doing regular porter like bringing people yeah. their dinners and this kind of stuff. And their, ba- um, their bath loads of Their of bath Ballygon loads Ballygon of Ballygon Ballygon Ballygon. Ballygon And uh, <laughs> it was it what was really interesting about it was, you got the sense that even though they were all surrounded by people, they were actually quite lonely.
0: Okay, So that
1: was just very. It was it was an interesting observation. Lots of people made, and um, so so you just mentioned um before uh before we i think we started recording you mentioned that um uh, uh you and will are just huge emma langford fans I too am an Emma Langford fan. He's
0: talking to Kean, not to me. To just, Kean. Let, Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. I don't and like Emma Langford, but,
1: but yeah, I, do, Emma I Langford. do. I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, of course, everyone loves Emma Langford. But uh, it, uh, back in the two thousands, if you liked somebody, you would take out the the thing of their CD, and you would just get them to write on it, right? Yeah, yeah. But you can't do that now. Like, what, what is Emma going to sign? Please sign my download. Yeah, that's so weird, right? Another, sign my, my iPhone sign, screen. Sign the iPhone screen. <laughs> <laughs> this has made it substantially less usable, but I, but in 15 years, it's, I'm going to be able to history. turn this into gold. So um, Andrea Corr was there one night. Ooh. and Very, very nice person. Really nice. Always really sweet to the staff. As by the way, whilst Whitney Houston, she came, she left a thousand pound tip for the staff.
0: Wow. When she left,
1: she said, "Thank you very much."
0: In the old money, in
1: the old money, when when a pound would have bought you two packets of crisps, fourteen <laughs> small racing cars, and a slave. No, the the the, the that that thing <laughs> This is my slave. No, uh, it was it was really good actually, uh, um, and it sort of made everyone's week. Yeah. And of course we could see all these people and then they were all on TV so we just saw all these people that were on TV yeah there was a massive party and thing in the lobby afterwards
0: and you, did and you see Mariah Carey was there something? well there
1: was, she she was in the Clarence Hotel which is across the river oh
0: the other they side. couldn't
1: be staying in there because only one person could be in the penthouse you see <laughs> so obviously <laughs> obviously Mariah's not going to stay in the other, in the non penthouse. Yes, and yeah,
0: and the Morrison is north side, and Clarence is south side. Is that right? Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, it. They're that's both it. by the river. Like they're
1: both, but they're both by the river. But um as a south sider, obviously Clarence is better. You yeah. know, just because I must adhere to my racial preferences. It's gas. I, I yeah. grew
0: I grew up with, with Dublin cousins telling me Northsider jokes and I, I was like, I don't know, I don't care. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. And I married a northsider, so <gasps> <gasps> Lanchardstown.
1: Now you've tell me how you met.
0: How I met well it's funny um how I met Jenny. Um just speaking of kind of name name dropping a name dropping story, but I I met Jenny through a mutual friend of ours. Okay. Ono Sulawon, who, okay. who his dad was... was Mo- Owen and Molly. Owen and Molly. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mick, who sadly passed away last yeah, year. the great um, man. And I was at Owen's wedding a number of years later. Okay. And <laughs> Steven Spielberg was there. What? Yeah, and it's like, when you talk about the Hauria thing, like, you know, you meet him. Uh, well, I met, kind of met him, per se. And it's just like, you're standing there like, I know everything like, you've informed so much of my life and I kind of have nothing to say to you because, uh, you know, like yeah. e- every second sentence in my life, oh, like, will become... I'll just start, you know, panically referencing movies because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, like of course. Oh. But that was a a, a funny moment and Molly, as you know, was Owen's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like... He he said to Jenny... Because um, Jenny had done a reading at the wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Uh, I can't believe you've got to read for Steven Spielberg. Like, I'm the actor. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. That's so I, great. And Jenny was being all like, oh, I don't, I'm not gonna be all like, well, I'm all about this is Owen's wedding. I'm not all about Steven Spielberg or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, grand for you. Yeah, uh, anyway, sure. and so and Molly's like, hey, come on over, uh, Jenny, meet Stephen and Kate. Um, Kate Capshaw, his wife, who you'd have known from Temple of Doom, was the the gal in Indiana Jones. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. that's where they met. That's
1: my favourite Indiana Jones movie.
0: It's a good one.
1: It's my favourite one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Kate says hi. Okay. You know? um, right. And Jenny wanders over without me. <gasps> and I'm there like, you know, wait an appropriate time of embarrassment and just kind of appear awkwardly at her elbow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hi. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, get a, a photo with them. And... um yeah, and it, it but what well, it was just that moment when you talk about that algorithmic yeah. and I had met kind of famous people before, um per per se, but he's he's in the stratosphere. You know, like he's influenced everyone and everything, yep. and especially people our age, like absolutely every, our entire the eighties belong to him. Like they do. do you know they do. And um I just had nothing to say and it was it was, it was bizarre being, what the funny thing was, Owen and had had, had, were kind of friends with, his, his son had been over in Ireland as well, his son was a bit younger than them, but they kind of showed him around. Okay. And one night we'd, we'd actually met uh-huh. uh, Sawyer, is his name. Okay. And, uh, like three days later after this meeting of Kate and Stephen, which was mainly me kind of babbling, um... Oh, it was funny actually. We were we were actually in a little bus with them, and Jenny kind of was like, "Don't be annoying them." And I was like, "But I want to talk to them," and I'm pretty charming. But sure. She's like, "Don't be annoying them." Anyway, and um, we actually got him to take a photo of us with the friend, and we were kind of like, we're, technically, we're in a Steven Spielberg picture now. <laughs> Wait,
1: you got Steven Spielberg to take a photo of you?
0: Yeah, yeah. dude, that's
1: the most hardcore thing. Hey. Fair play yeah. to you. That's and and I was and, like, I because I, I thought
0: that you were going to do a photo with him oh no we did as well oh yeah fair oh, okay. of course but yeah. then Jenny's friend Bernadette who's from Milltown Malbane, yeah. kind of is very how are you and also works at a very high level in London okay. um, you know uh, but she's basically as he was taking the photo she's like wouldn't it be gassed if this was shite <laughs> 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 and it wasn't an amazing photo but it doesn't matter but a few days later I was like
1: "It's the most Irish thing I've ever most, heard to
0: him like, she the to him. most she
1: said, Irish thing she said it with two his ears. I've years heard shot. that's <laughs> so great
0: okay but then like two days later I was like I met their son I could have said that to them. that's a thing you can talk to a person about totally you thing you know it's not like I've seen all your movies and like I've yeah. met, I could have that's a human connection yes you is. know but no, that that penny dropped. Um, and they came with us like on this little bus thing um, for a good old spell of time and left by helicopter. Okay. Because in fairness, they well, had to yeah. go back to their their uh, their universe <laughs> or their, their atmosphere. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't
1: getting the getting the green bus up the road. Like, no, you know?
0: no, they they certainly weren't. But yeah. it was. But it's funny because as well before um, we hit record, and this when you're talking about that that kind of stratospheric thing, that kind of, I don't know what to do with this person. They, they are kind of from another planet in a yeah. way. When you were talking, to- just before we we recorded, you were talking about that idea of 10 people being in a room and an 11th person, you know, being worth say having 10 times their, the income of everyone else. Yeah. And the power and sway they have or like the minute you just, I meet him. I just kind of, you. how can I please this person is what right. goes to your head. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a, a very interesting tale you're telling, or kind of a, a phenomenon yeah. that you were talking about.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're so th- there's three ways to think about it. The first is anthropologically, right? Mm-hmm. So we w- when the chief walks into the room, there's a hush. Uh, it, it 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 that feeling is shot all through literature, and I see it all the time because I I. I uh, I'm up in Dublin and I'm doing things in the Oireachtas or whatever You walk like, in and
0: everyone's terrified Not me, no <laughs> The
1: minister comes in People are yapping and no one has to be told
0: but yeah.
1: there's a minister in the room and the day that person is not a minister that doesn't happen There's something that attaches to power um, As somebody told me this years ago uh, Yeah They said power is total or it is nothing and power has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the office that you hold. Mm-hmm. And the day you don't hold the office is the day you're just Mick. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's very interesting uh, because in Leinster House and in places like that, when you lose the power, people, people will, you know, the porters don't say, how are you, Leo? They go, shock. They yes. respect the office. It's really important. And in their culture, that's incredibly important. Mm. The title denotes the office The day after Leo is no longer the Taoiseach They'll say, how are you Leo? Yeah I think that's a brilliant thing in our democracy Uh, If you step down as President of the United States You're President Obama for the rest of your life Yeah And I think that there's kind of a weirdness to that I heard a Mm. podcast with Gordon Brown Saying, you know, that the day after, like you're on the day before you're, you, you lose the prime ministership of the UK, you're flying around in a private jet. You have several armies at your command. You can blow up a fair chunk of the planet if, you're, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the, the mood takes you. Mm-hmm. You are in charge of the finances of the country. 60 million people look to you for leadership. The day after, you buy your own train tickets. And yeah. there is something fantastic about that from a societal perspective and awful about that from a human perspective. Yeah. You know, and and I've I've often thought about what that looks like. Mm. Um, Financial power is the same. Mm. Uh, When, it is really interesting actually, uh, somebody who's really wealthy walks into a room, right? If you know they're wealthy, it has the same kind of, you know, or if they're they're a big star, you know, they're here. You know? But if you don't know that, you're like, oh there, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because y- you can see it, you can be in these situations where somebody with a lot of money walks into the room and only the people who are aware of that fact change their behavior. Yes. And everyone else is like, just excuse me, get yeah, out of the way. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah. And I find that I find that really interesting because it's another beautiful norm, right? Yeah. Which is that anthropologically we're designed as groups to reflect status and understand status economically what status gives us is power and power is control power means i want you to do something you will do the thing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to do the thing in fact especially if you don't want to do the thing the thing will get done why because i have the power and you do not yeah you know I'm sure you've done loads of loads of jobs where somebody goes would you like to clean out the toilets (laughs) you know and you're like well no in fact if you
0: is it an option (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: do I get a choice here I think I don't you know um, would you like to fill Whitney Houston's bath with sparkling water (laughs) no I really would not actually that one yeah no I'm going to do that one for the crack because 21 years later it'll be a story in a it's podcast <laughs> which uh, on a format which hasn't been invented yet hey actually yes. my mom always mm.
0: says that would you like yeah. to clear the table like yeah that'd be smart no yeah and exactly then and then she goes you're like
1: this mom this i'm
0: 41 years old but i'm totally doing what you say you know yeah
1: but the third way to think about this kind of thing so the the way to imagine it is there's 10 people all with equal wealth each of them has a tenor. and then there's then in, into the room walks somebody with a thousand right so everyone else has a tenner and one person has a thousand each of the other people will look to the rich person and say can you help me do my thing right yeah. where my thing is like I wish to make a school for the orphans or I wish to have a hospital or I wish to I wish you to help me do this thing you know yeah um, you know build a university do whatever and it's what's really interesting about that is 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 not the fact that their money gives them the power to do these things. It's a good thing. Charity yeah. should do that. Charity began in the uh, 17th and 18th centuries in an organized way. Mm. And it's what created the health service in Ireland, for example. Right. The health service, the reason the health service is structured the way it is, is because charities set up the original hospitals. And most of these charities were religious orders. Of course. Right? So they, they set up the system. And all we've done is join them up, change the letterheads, and make the buildings a bit bigger. Mm -hmm. The maternity hospital in Limerick is a perfect example, you know. uh, Or or, or I I
0: was born there 41 years and a week ago.
1: Okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah, and I'm sure not much has changed in the building when you go in there. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've been in that place a few times. Say you have. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) as a as a as a client uh, but uh, yeah or a spectator I suppose I wasn't really there to do the business was I I was there to go yay
0: and be punched in the face yeah, yeah yeah,
1: actually when my first son was born I don't know why I'm saying this shit when, when my first son was born my wife he was born incredibly quickly Okay. so there was no epidural none of that crap she didn't even have a paracetamol
0: Jesus he,
1: she grabbed my hand and she crushed my hand right so I couldn't and you could at that time you had to do sign the birth certificates oh yes um, uh, downstairs in the maternity now it's in a different place anyway I um I couldn't physically hold a pen so his birth certificate looks like I wrote it with my toes but (laughs) ten years later we were getting ready to go to Australia and I needed to get the birth certs out to do the visa thing And uh, and they were looking at the thing. And like, so the the other kind of, the other two kids are, you know, it's just my signature. And the other was like, you know, it's like, what the, (laughs) you know, it's just, what happened here? You know? (laughs) And and I stupidly thought, well, it's been 10 years. I should probably tell the story.
0: That was dumb that did not go down well oh your hand was it
1: <laughs> your hand hurt did, did you come here
0: because i'm
1: still getting slagged about it and deservedly so because i'm a dope uh, i like yes. that you
0: now shared it even further
1: yes and everyone everyone listening to this if you're still listening to this at that point you just have to question your life choices i'm sorry but yes it's true the the the, the that that is um probably a thing as well
0: You were. I did interrupt you. You were talking about charities, or or... yeah.
1: So, so one of the interesting things about Faulkner once said that the past is not is never past. It's not even gone away. Like the past Mm. is never gone. It's the past is always with us. And if you look at the built environment, look around. Like the past is in your face constantly. You're st- you walk past it. You walk through the past when you walk through the Georgian core of Limerick. Mm. You walk through it. It's just there. like. And what I'm, I, when you walk through the built environment, you're walking through the choices of people from many, many generations ago. Um, and I'm always aware of this uh, because if you think about the choices a really wealthy person has... They have choices the rest of us don't have. And typically those choices are manifest in capital spending. I will build a hospital there. My name is Barrington. I decide there will be a hospital. Mm -hmm. Bang! There's a hospital. And 200 years later, we're walking past it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right?
1: And so when you think about the choices that the really powerful have, the really wealthy have they express themselves through the built environment and then everyone else just kind of has to deal with it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, why is that bridge there? Well, because one time Bob decided to put a bridge there and you mm. have to deal with that. And you don't know Bob's name. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, like, the, the bridge isn't dedicated to him or her, right? In fact, it's usually him, let's be real about it. But yeah, but what I find fascinating about that is when you walk around the world, you're, you're walking around in a graveyard of decisions that wealthy and powerful people have made many, many, many years ago. Mm. And those decisions have consequences for today. And I wonder if they knew that laying out the city of Limerick in this way 200 years ago, as Perry did, right? He mm. laid out the Georgian, Georgian core. Um, if he knew that, would he not have gone, oh my God? Or was that what he wanted? Yeah. Was he not like Oh my god this is gonna be amazing I'm gonna just change Everything for everyone Right That's like There's kind of an awesome Responsibility that comes along With that sort of thing
0: Yeah I
1: often think is not really Fully fleshed out Or understood Yeah Because it's always grounded In kind of Very present Discourses Like Is it worth money How What's the return on investment You know yeah. I don't think this is pretty And it's like Well None of that matters. The money's mm-hmm. going to get paid back, and you know, or it won't, because mm-hmm. the return on investment is in the centuries.
0: Yes, we, we you know? just, But aesthetic is yeah. The aesthetic matters. Aesthetic and quality. Yeah. I mean, I often totally. joke that Limerick is the etch-a-sketch city because I mean, <laughs> as we keep saying, I'm, I'm I'm 41, and there's blocks that have been leveled, built, leveled, built. In my lifetime, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. And yeah. actually, like Ladartski and um, the Savoy. Okay. Uh, so yeah. when I was growing up, there, I unfortunately was too, I too young, or I never got to the original Savoy, which apparently was like the Gaiety. It was a beautiful okay um, theater with boxes and everything. Yeah. Um, and basically, I don't know if this is true. Let's say it. Sure, why not? It's true. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast. I can say it's what true. I want. Um. That they approached the city at the time and asked, could they have the rates wa- waived for a couple of years uh-huh. just to stay above water? Yeah. And they think, wait, well, if we did that for you, we have to do it for everyone else. So they said no, okay. and, and it got levelled. And oh. so in 1991, uh, it, 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 it got built on uh, and opened, and there was apartments and a, and a six-screen cinema okay. and a bowling alley above the cinema a bowling alley above a above cinema above the screen so you'd be watching the movie and you'd be hearing <laughs> the there was a bowling alley above a cinema above the cinema who so went? like so so <laughs> cinema was first floor and bowling alley was second <laughs> that floor that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and then who night nightclubs oh well 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 who knows and because... the bowling alley was on at the same time as the cinema oh yeah 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 not such a problem in the evening showings but oh, certainly yeah. if you went to I was what Twelve, thirteen, sure. and you go to the Saturday afternoon shows, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, and then there were nightclubs and things on the top floor. And Termites was there for a while. An iconic Limerick Limerick Disco uh, Disco Disco lads, disco. My, lads my age disco. club club that plays cool music. Um, anyway, Scooter. <laughs> yeah. Cut to two thousand and four, maybe. Yeah, thirteen years later. Okay. So I was thirteen when it opened. Uh-huh. Thirteen years later. Leveled again, and we have what's now the Savoy Hotel, which is very beautiful, yes, and and apartments which looks like it has been built to last. Whereas the previous Savoy had been a bit kind of trun up, as you say, a, a real kind of yeah, uh, Celtic tiger-y thing. Sure. um But like that's what I'm saying. In my lifetime, that entire block leveled, built, yeah. leveled, built, and and there's lots of other places that. You know, uh, if you blink in Limerick, you turn around, something will be demolished. And,
1: and we're still talking about, like, so, so, so we've been talking about the opera site, you know, and all opera these sites site. since I arrived. Oh. Right, I came here in, in, in September of 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really exciting because in September of 2006, there was a, a, a story that a Marks and Spencers was arriving. And I was like, so what? And They were like, it's a really big deal. There's a, there's a piece of the psychological architecture of Limerick that will just... I don't know what people are going to do when they can actually walk into a Marks and Spencers.
0: It's, it's a play I have in my head called Waiting for Marks and Spencers.
1: <laughs> I, I can't Limerick. go on.
0: It's just I'll go on. Growing on, growing up, every yeah. empty building was... Mark Spencer's going in there. Yeah. Mark Spencer, you're like, lads, yeah. seriously. And then going to Clonmel. Clonmel has a Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> and then hearing on some national station, some local councillor was was doing a national call and kind of, kind of, uh, what's it, a plead for Mark Spencer's to come to Limerick and it's it's like this is mortifying <laughs> this is, wow <laughs> and, and it's become it's a something. nice shop i it, hope it comes i mean i, I like i do like it's it it's a nice shop and i do i have to, as an limerick person i get a bit excited when i'm somewhere else and see one cuz cuz we don't have it you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's completely irrational and and yes it has been this carrot on a stick and apparently it's coming but when when they say it's going to this place it's behind dons behind the old dons and Arthur's Key, you're like, yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. It's like, it's like a mythical place they are talking about. I'm, I don't know. It just, it, it's a powerful, it's a, pa- the, the strongest, pa- the the power, God, I can't speak sentences sometimes. You know, the, the power is strong with this myth in Limerick, yeah. the MNS thing. And it's, and I think it's, there's talk that it might only be a food shop.
1: There's a brilliant book called Minding the Markets. It's by a guy called David Tuckett. And David is a psychoanalyst. And what he did was he rocked up to a load of financial firms and he just literally sat in a room with a load of these, you know, Gordon Gecko type lads. And um, he psychoanalyzed the market. And it was, it's an amazing book and um, Minding the Market. And what he figured out was like everyone in finance has what they call their number. It's the amount of money that they need to make individually in order to never work again. So, oh, so you might go, what's your number? And I might be 30, 30 million pounds. Right? I, need, <laughs> I need 30 million pounds and then I can be happy. But of course, if you're in a situation where 30 million pounds is an acceptable amount of money, well, then why not get 40? Right. So, yes. so he describes what he calls a fantastical object. Uh-huh. And it's this searching for this number. It's a fantastic- like p h fantastical object okay, right, okay and pH in the Freudian right. sense, yeah, and mm. he's he's going, and it's so interesting to read that and then talk to other people about like so why are you what are you doing, and you realize most people have a fantastical object yeah. in their their world you know that if, if you're in sales you got to hit a number yeah. if you're if you're in journalism you know you you've got to you know eat from a can every day you know? <laughs> <laughs> i wish i wished i wished, yes uh you know it, <laughs> every day we have meat once a week you know it's <laughs> awesome journalism but um yeah, it it is it, it, it is really... In academia, you want to have a professorship, right? Mm. Everyone has a fantastic object, And then the problem is, like a dog chasing a car, when you get it, mm. it is not what you want. No. It's never what you want. Mm-hmm. Aristotle wrote about this. He's like, what happens if I actually do the thing I've always wanted? Yes. And it turns out to be just another thing. Mm-hmm. We We find this out on birthdays. Somebody asks you, how do you feel? And you go feel the same. Yeah. You've attached some fantastical... You know, you're 41 now. You're 40. So people say, oh, you're turning 40. Yeah. How are you? You're turning 40. You're like, I'm, I'm I'm fine. And everyone expects you. I think it's it might be a bloke thing. Everyone expects you when you turn 40, they go, are you going to get a like, mistress? Are you going to, you know, get a sports car? Get a perm? You know, you're like, I'm not going to do any of those things. They're like, ah, oh, yes you are. You're going to so go a bit weird. I'm like, no. It turns out the midlife crisis doesn't exist oh really yeah the middle age crisis didn't exist before 1962 oh yeah psycho a psychotherapist uh in the u.s was documenting why so many middle-aged men were coming to him with problems and he wrote up this beautiful case um the case of the middle age crisis okay. and um before that there was no such thing you just got old and died <laughs> and then so, so so it so it happens in the 60s where you have all these people with these massive disposable incomes they, you know, they, they've been through World War II. They were kids during World War II. Now they've got loads of money. Yeah. And they're like, they're the boomers. They don't know what the hell to do with themselves. So the, this is the mad, ma- mad Men generation, not Mad Max.
0: They did not have a, they did.
1: <laughs> mad Max for, for everything. It doesn't have a large disposable income, in fairness. No, definitely not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the, the midlife crisis only really starts then. And I think the midlife crisis is just an excuse. It's, it, 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 you go, what is the point of my life? And if you express everything through consumer behavior, well, then the point of your life is to buy expensive stuff you don't really need. So I really like sports cars. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a sports car because I have the disposable income for the first time in my life to do so. I'm Mm going to buy the sports car. Happy fucking days. Why are you buying the sports car? Uh, The answer is I want to. But yeah. you can't say that, oh, because I'm having a midlife crisis. That sounds way better, doesn't it? You know. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's just it's one of those things that we came up with a cool term mm. that was bracketed over a, a, an amount of behavior, and then afterwards it retrospectively justifies the consumption decisions of a bunch of random people,
0: <laughs> which is great.
1: <laughs> but it's all the midlife crisis is all, was originally described as a male thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Why are these men going off the rails? Yeah. You know. Uh, and then, of course, statistically speaking, y- uh, uh, if you're a man, you're middle aged at about 37. Okay. And women are middle aged at about 42. Okay. So. Damn
0: it! One more year. Then. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. See, I've, I've <laughs> on the shelf.
0: <laughs> oh, you're well the shelf The next shelf now.
1: podcast, the next podcast, like boom, boom. What's that noise? <laughs> and, here. <laughs> and here. And here. And here. And here. Yeah, yeah. She's just driven a Harley through the through the the podcast desk. Know. You know. if
0: only I work in the arts, never. <laughs> yeah,
1: we should do a podcast, but like on the back of your Harley. I That'd can't be wait. Awesome. It's just me it going.
0: <laughs> Screaming for your life.
1: <laughs> this is what a middle aged economist sounds like at forty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, which is but, cool.
0: And it's but and then I suppose in a way as well, uh on a consumer front, I mean women are, you know, kind of Younger women, for those kind of men, would, would be status and would be kind of making you... Like, they wouldn't... The idea of a mistress, even, it's, mm. a, it's kind of almost collecting something rather, uh, dare is. I say, objectifying. It you is. know, it's like, I have this person rather than I fall in love with this person. I just have to be with them yeah. and they're younger. You know, it's yeah. about, I'm still a ride or I'm still a, You know... Still, I, that still, still. Still. Still, still, still. Yeah. It is... It is, actually it's it's funny because i i've, I've heard this, this is kind of not really too they think but that men over a certain age this was what's kind of called the dad dance there's something that happens to the way they dance that just stops attracting younger women <laughs> that it's kind of a way of protecting the family unit. I don't know where I heard this, but it's gas. I think I look around at weddings and I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, of just this kind of guys who kind of moved real kind of sexy in their 20s and 30s. Suddenly there's this kind of stuck movement that, you know, no, that's not sending out the signal that that would they were sending out a few years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard this, but it's no. kind of like the 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 dad dance. Family protection phenomenon. I don't. I don't. Well,
1: know. like, like, like you, you literally going to set up a force field of unsexiness.
0: <laughs> unsexiness. So the young they're like, ones, they're like, like, oh my god, <laughs>
1: look at his, his barely the bare motion of his tiny little very very tight flexored hips you know like he's, something to do with the elbows something I think. to do with the elbows you know <laughs> why is he still wearing a jumper even though he's rolled up his sleeves it's
0: really strange it's, you know it's, yeah. it is a funny thing uh yeah. i don't as i said i don't know where i heard that yeah. but i thought i thought it was gas um <laughs> but that suddenly 22 year olds That's will cool. go oh hang on yeah that isn't uh, a hot possibility that he probably has kids that he should minding or a wife he should be you know yeah I don't know it sounds very fantastical in a in a ph way
1: yeah I mean actually so you see it in um, textbooks all the time you see the when you open a textbook Mm. and it describes like the family yeah right and even now when I say the family you're listening to this right on the podcast in your mind a diagram has appeared in your head Mm -hmm. and Chances are very, very strong you're seeing a man, a woman, and three kids. And what's, what's interesting about that is not the fact that there's a man and a woman. The interesting thing about that is there's two boys and a girl in all these pictures. So yeah. just have a look. I mean, you'll see it. And you'll be like, oh, wow, why is that? And the answer is there was a there's a, a bunch of books called the Richard Scarry books mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s they were basically books about how to be American. They were expressed through animals. So like you had a dog that was a a fireman and you had a cat that was a doctor and all this kind of stuff, right? But they basically went, these are the structures of society and you should like realize these things. Mm. The Richard Scarley books are awesome because they're beautifully illustrated and they're one of the things that you should... I'm very interested in that because representational art, especially for kids... It, it gives them the structure yeah. of society in a yeah. way that like people going, you should be good all the time, just doesn't, you know, no. um, and pe- uh, and we are, we are absorbed by, or we absorb, we are not absorbed by, we absorb so much through not just the image, but the structure and the meaning that's conveyed within the image. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, and, and then when we come to write the textbooks and we we just put in, you know, you're writing a textbook and you're you're not the artist, so you go diagram of ch- of family and then the artist goes oh shit I'm on the deadline goes mm-hmm. onto images.google.com and types in diagram of family and sure enough they find a white man and a white woman and two kids and the whole thing just reproduces itself into the next year's textbook
0: right yeah yeah and it's the same
1: thing it's that kind of the reproduction of the structure of society it happens mm-hmm. on so many levels yeah you know. And uh, what I'm always interested in, and this is why I love thinking about this stuff, is imagine, so these these things are, they're all evolutionary processes. Yeah. Which means the really, really stupid ones, they don't last. Yeah. You know, really stupid things. uh, They just, people just go,
0: do I need to obey that really?
1: No, I'm going to keep going. Mm. You know, or people go, yeah, 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 I'm totally doing that thing, but they don't do it. They yeah. just ignore it and then it just, everyone kind of forgets about it, just kind of goes away. And yeah. then sometimes the structure changes. And yeah. it's really interesting because if you're able to explain the structural change, you should be able to explain why it stayed the same. I'll give you an example mm. the smoking bath.
0: I was about to say the smoking bath.
1: Right? It's the largest <laughs> structural change, they, like for the average person, right? And I worked in pubs. I was working in bars when I was 12. Yeah. Like from all the way from 12 to 24, right? Bars, restaurants, nightclubs <clears throat> and Undertaker's one time. But anyway, yeah, the, the whole, the whole. yeah, no.
0: And Undertaker's. We don't
1: have time. I would no. go off into some feckin' yeah. tangent and it'll just be a disaster. Well, it's so save, save the gold. Save the
0: gold. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: um, remind me for the next, I must tell you about a story about being a hospital porter.
0: Hospital, I'm, I'm going to take note here. Remind me. With the, um, this pub, you know the way pubs and undertakers are often the same thing? Yeah. Shouldn't they just call themselves, like, fundertakers? Or... Fundertakers. Oh, that, fundertakers. no. I, I, that was meant to be out of fun, but it just sounds like they're taking money, so.
1: Yeah, that's true. Ba-
0: back to your story. It's better.
1: <laughs> I, I um, I love, there's, there's a, a brilliant podcast called the Irish History Podcast. Oh, it's great, yeah. And, and Findoor, and in the, uh, and I got onto that podcast because, he was interviewed by Blind Boy Boat Club. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he did an amazing podcast. But he has a, 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 an episode called The American Wake. Okay. And it's all about how, what, what when you had to move yeah. and go to America, you basically were, uh, your parents were never going to see you again. So they gave you a wake and it was a party. And it was incredibly sad. And like, I was walking along. I'm not a very, like, emotional person. But I remember walking along and he was describing it using um, the uh, written accounts of the people walking them down to the train station or whatever. Like, I was actually really upset. For people who had died 200 years ago, do you know, it was a really strange moment. The only other time that's happened was when I was listening to a recent podcast with um, Colin O'Gorman from Amnesty International.
0: On blind boys.
1: I was actually in I think it was Blind Boy yeah. yeah I was in Melbourne and I was listening to him talk and I actually got really upset people came over to me going are you alright mate you alright you alright and I was like yeah. it's, it's so complicated to explain <laughs> I was like I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I'm I'm I kept, kept going yeah but um, um, where did I get into that yeah. oh yeah the idea of pubs and undertakers and behavioural change yes. so behavioural change is really interesting nobody thought the smoking ban would work and everybody just kind of went, this is probably a good idea. Yeah. The other major behavioral change is the introduction of plastic bag tax. Yeah. Right? So we introduce a tax and like the the next day people are like, well, obviously everything has to now be made of hemp.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. and
1: now we're talking about, oh, let's introduce a carbon, you know, will we we'll increase the carbon tax? And I don't think there's anybody sort of relatively sensible. Like it, like if you have your own profile picture on Twitter and you're not an egg, you, yeah. know, you, you know you <laughs> know <laughs> these egg people climate change is a farce it's like yeah, yeah. you're not real yeah. you know most people are like now yeah okay we need to do something here
0: yeah it's not you something know? to be uh debated in about existence yeah it, you know it, it's we need to kind of move out of the theoretical yeah uh, space yeah and it's actually i'm i am conscious of of time <gasps> Because I'm really enjoying the goal, but I'm I, looking at Kean and he's like, I've I
1: literally ranted at everyone for an hour and a I, half.
0: I do believe I might have got the odd word, and but um, Jesus, sorry. Uh, it's funny because I was lured into this, uh, this podcast, but lured <laughs> is a bit of a strong <laughs> verb there. Uh, <laughs> lured by a lured. man. L- <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in a windowless room. Send help, um, basically. That- all no. of those things are true, but just not the way you put them together. <laughs> hey, it's all about perception. It um, is all about perception. No, because this is really fun. And I'm really happy about this, by the way. Uh, I'm okay. really enjoying it. And cool. You might have said you ranted, but I, I do feel I, I certainly encouraged you in your rants. Um, but yeah, we when you're talking about behavioral change and structures and that, something I am very keen, uh, I've read your stuff and that about uh, at some point next time, around maybe talk about the gender pay gap, oh, yeah. which is debated, and I meet people who tell me it's made up. But really, we, oh yeah, yes.
1: Gender gap deniers.
0: Oh, gender gap, gender gap deniers, GGDs, G- GGDs, yeah. hashtag GGDs. G- <laughs> <laughs> you started a
1: movement, Dan. Well done. Well done. You didn't mean to do that. Yeah, no. Now it's a movement. I was
0: in. A, I was in a, a really cool kind of shop in 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 Cork, you know, where everything's really cool and organic and that. And there's this kind of hipster guy talking to a girl behind the, the the counter and he's like yeah i mean it's gas because the, the reality of the situation is like the pay gap doesn't exist it just it's this thing that's been um... and he was so right on and in a really right on place and i was like oh my god you're the problem you know but anyway we because
1: get... he, he was trans woke
0: he, he's he was work. so woke <laughs> He was so
1: woke that he can say, you know, well, you know, really, I eat a lot of quinoa and women are basically objects. You know? Like, yeah, is that it? Is That's that yeah? It. So he's trans woke. Yeah, the, the, the yeah, keen, yeah, The
0: quinoa balances. He's out. so
1: far beyond woke. <laughs> he's he's actually quite right wing again. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he, there's a scale of wokeness, and he's run around.
0: It's a and it's yeah. a, it's a fun it's a fun one to look at. But yeah, um, yeah no, this is great crack.
1: Yeah, and it's a serious and, policy problem too. In fairness, the, the 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 really interesting thing about it is. When people solve the problem, mm-hmm. the solution looks obvious in retrospect.
0: The, and this is like with with the smoking ban yeah. as well. It's kind of like, I, I used to work in the cafe in the bell table. Which yeah. If you remember been down there, it's a basement. Yeah. And there used to be a smoking section and a non-smoking section. like the In the same is, basement. The place has no windows. <laughs> and, like <laughs> Basically, you're at a table where someone couldn't smoke. That was a, the only thing. And, and I, like... To me that was the most normal thing when I was yeah, working me there. Me too. But then when you like that you look back on it uh into history because it is more than 15 years ago. Fair, yeah. Uh it's mad. Mm. And and yeah, so I I do want to save that magic though. if that if we can battle the gender <laughs> the gender pay gap. Let's do uh it. magic and and many more things besides. Um yeah, this has been lots of fun.
1: I I I've loved it and I, one of the things that I would uh, love to do is um
0: like if people have other
1: just questions and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like not obviously rel- related to economics and politics. Yeah,
0: not like what Stephen wearing.
1: <laughs> what's this
0: fragrance? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the room is quite fragrant <laughs> now. In yeah, fairness, yeah, I, for I, I all pol- of us,
1: I apologize in advance. No, de, 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 hey,
0: it's the chair creaking. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Keep uh, 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 again. Uh, 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 Edit out. Kins- I think Kian's raised like a donkey. No, <laughs> no but, <yeah. laughs>
0: but I think yeah. I suppose if we can, um, if anyone has yeah. questions, they can go to the Limerick Post Twitter, which is at Limerick Post. at Limerick Post. Thanks, Kian, and Instagram, which is. At Limerick Post, and I'm sure there's Facebook, which is Limerick Post. Yeah, find us on it, and I'm sure we'll we'll get something a little bit more um, personal set up. Uh, structured. What's yeah. your What's your What's your Twitter handle? Stephen? At Stephen
1: Kinsella. and um, that's with a pho with hope. a ph Stephen with a ph. Um, and yeah, ask ask all the questions because I think that that would be fun. Um, to to
0: and if you yeah. and if you want to to find me to to find Steve, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can get me at uh, Anne Blake seventy eight. Giving away my age, but I've done that loads today. And forty um, one. I'm forty one, man. I'm prime. I'm in my prime, and that's Anne without an e. And I recently joined Instagram. I'm like I don't know blake one two three or something stupid like that. I'll I'll check it. I'll know for next time. But um, yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. This has been great. It's it just great crack and thanks to the Limerick Post for giving us a chance to yes, talk to, absolutely <laughs> what, I, what, what do we call this ram- ramblings on Postonomics or yeah 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 I, I don't know
1: god um, we have to go up with the tagline will have, yeah
0: <laughs> we better stop recording so we can come up with our tagline
1: yeah I don't know how the fuck you're gonna edit this at all dude <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna lie you're just gonna you, like it'll be three o'clock in the morning and you'll be just like seeing you know there's no structure
0: Kean yeah. hates us but uh thank it's, it's God we, we love we love him Keen Reinhardt, our wonderful he, producer. He is awesome. Uh thank you. Uh Stephen thank, thank you. Man. Thank you Limerick Post Thanks. and Cheers. until next we meet. Good stuff.